So our so our epistle for this morning comes from Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 18. Hear what the writer of Hebrews has for us this morning. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. What is the writer of Hebrews talking about here? In the, He's talking about when Moses was leading the people of Israel out of bondage from Egypt and they were wandering in the desert before they crossed over into the promised land. Moses led the people to the mountain of God to meet God. See, in the days of Moses, everyone knew that approaching Zion, God's mountain, was, was really a serious endeavor. If we look back to one of the original books of Moses, Exodus, it gives us several accounts of the people of Israel and their encounters with the mountain of God. Exodus says, you shall set limits for all the people all around, saying, be careful not to go up to the mountain or to touch the edge of it. Any who touch the mountain shall be put to death. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning as well as a thick cloud on the mountain and a blast of a trumpet so loud that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. They took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended upon it in fire. The smoke went up like the smoke of a kiln, while the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses would speak and God would answer him in thunder. And when all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a, dip, at a distance. See, what this tells us is that approaching the mountain of God demands your full attention. You can't be checking your social media and reading your text messages as you're approaching the mountain of God. Because, well, it required preparation. It required purifying oneself. It required washing your clothes and your body, making yourself presentable on the outside, but more importantly, cleansing the inside, cleansing the heart, approaching the mountain with humility, with pure intentions, approaching with reverence and a healthy respect for the God of the universe who was indeed present on the mountain. Now, what does that mean to us today as we're gathered in this sanctuary? Whereas it, it, it means that we should approach the throne of God with the same respect with which our ancestors approached the mountain. 
And so we have to ask that question, do we approach the throne of God with the same sense of awe as did our ancestors? Or have we become complacent, all too casually familiar with who we think God is? In this culture today, even within the church, we have compartmentalized God into a God of convenience, a self-serve, drive-through God. It's there to be our ATM, our genie in a bottle, our break-the-glass-in-case-of-emergency God. See, if we as a culture have turned God Almighty into God just slightly? It's no wonder that God is shaking things up a bit in the world today. I mean, all you have to do is look around and see the signs of the times happening all around us, right in our own country, right in our own state, in our own community. All of creation is being sifted and shaken just as God did in the days of Moses. Moses warned the people that approaching the mountain of God could be hazardous to your health if you approached it unprepared. And the writer of Hebrews reminds us that those days of shaking creation, they're not done. They're still upon us. God is still shaking things up. The only thing is we have this wonderful addition in the shaking. I've told this story before, but it popped up in my memories on Facebook just the other day. So I thought I would include it this Sunday. Because these scriptures, this one in particular, reminds me of when my daughter Brittany and her husband and, and at that time just one grandchild, or uh, their eldest son, Ransom, were in Nepal as missionaries during that incredible earthquake that they had. It killed 8,000 people and injured 21,000. And she and her little family were living in the heart of Nepal as missionaries, <coughs> taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into the mountains of the Himalayas, reaching unreached villages, and their home base while they were there was this concrete block of apartments in the heart of the city, Nepal. And the morning of the day of the earthquake, it was Ransom's birthday. And they went to the marketplace and they were going to buy him a little something for his birthday. And they were going to get all the ingredients necessary to make him a birthday cake. There weren't any Betty Crocker mixes on the supermarket shelves. You had to go find flour and whatever it else. You need to make a cake. And so they were doing that and they went out to the market and they got back to their apartment later that morning. And shortly thereafter, at 11.56 Nepal Standard Time, the earthquake hit with a magnitude of 8.1. Now, I don't know if you know the scale, but that's a big quake. And as Brittany describes it, she said the world around them was shaken. The, the, the buildings were shaken. The people were shaken. It seemed in that moment for them that all of creation was shaken. The marketplace where they had been just minutes before was leveled. It was decimated. The buildings around their apartment building were leveled. 
but they and their lone little apartment building remained standing and unharmed. All around them was fear and chaos, but their faith remained unshaken. It's a wonderful story, but it, it, it illustrates that even though our surroundings seem to be shaking, even though there may be things in our lives that are in chaos, as long as we have our faith, we can remain unshaken. It says, as a denomination, we have endured a great shaking recently, have we not? Our faith is being tested. Our willingness to be steadfast and righteous and obedient to God's word is being sifted. And so the world around each of us, as far as our church is concerned, is shaking. Likewise, in our own personal worlds, our own personal lives, there may be some shaking going on. Finances, relationships, illness, our human condition might be shaking today. But see, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that those days of shaking are still upon us with that one wonderful addition. Listen to scripture as the writer of Hebrews continues. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gatherings. And to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all. And to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. You see, the addition is that we have the mediator, Jesus, whose wondrous blood covers those who believe. In his righteousness, protecting us from the terrible wrath and judgment of the world shaker God. See, Hebrews tells us that the shaking's not over. The world, all of creation, will be shaken again and again as much as is necessary. Not just the earth, but heaven also, so that everything that can be shaken will be removed. And all that will remain will be those things that cannot be shaken. Those things that are covered by the blood of the new covenant. Those people who are covered by the blood of the new covenant by faith in the one who poured out his blood for us so that we might be saved who believe upon him. We will not be shaken. Hebrews continues that this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of what is shaken that is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, 
Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. See, we're here this morning to offer to God an acceptable worship. An acceptable worship offered with broken and contrite hearts, humble, full of reverence and awe for the one who created us. We who believe, we won't be shaken. And because we have been given this wonderful free gift of a kingdom that will not be shaken, we should approach the altar of God with thanksgiving, with reverence, with awe, with humility, with joy, and with a heartfelt worship because our God is all-consuming. He is all in all. Everything we could ever need and more wonderful than we could ever hope for or imagine, that is who we worship. See, abiding in Christ, the, though the whole world crumble into rubble around us, we will not be shaken. I don't know if you saw the message board this week or or not, but I received a letter from the Global Methodist Church accepting our congregation. That's a landmark for us because the GMC is the continuation of the Methodist Church that you have grown to know and love. Not only that, but I have to say humbly that they accepted me. And so effective December 31st, we will be an official congregation and I will be an ordained elder in the GMC. That is humbling and is cause for rejoice because you have been faithful you have approached the mountain of God with humility, with awe, with reverence, and God is blessing that effort by allowing us to continue as Methodists. What a wonderful thing. I'm glad you're a part of it. I'm glad you're allowing me to be a part. So here we go. We're going to jump in with both feet. If this were Texas Hold'em, we'd be all in. <laughs> Allow your hearts to be consumed by the purifying fire of God the Father. Through the life-giving blood of the Son. Through the awesome power of the Holy Spirit. This is the beginning of something new. As scripture says, God is doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Amen.